parents, welcome to the Twiniversity Podcast, a show created exclusively for parents of twins. I'm your host, Natalie Diaz. I am a mom of twins. I am also the Twiniversity founder, and I am the best-selling author of the book, What to Do When You're Having Two. Our goal at Twiniversity is to make sure that you always feel connected, we laugh at the little things, and we really do get to teach you a few tricks along the way. And that is what we hope this podcast is about to do. So welcome to Twiniversity. Kids, I envy you. I so envy you because truth be told, your options have never been better with Dr. Brown's Options Plus Wide Neck Bottles. From nipple to base, it eases the transition from breast to bottle and back again. Each nipple is specifically engineered to offer the same consistent natural flow so that you and your twins know what to expect at every feeding. The new breast-like nipple shape is correctly contoured for a proper latch and a more natural bottle feeding experience. So together with the anti-colic internal vent system, your twins will feed with minimal fuss. And when your babies are no longer gassy, remove the venting system and continue to use the Options Plus bottle without the extra parts. Brilliant! It really is brilliant. You guys are so lucky. So for more information on the Dr. Brown's Options Plus bottle, visit drbrownsbaby.com. Jewel. Yeah. Matt. Oh, I'm so excited. Yay. Okay. So here is, here is, we have a great guest today. Okay. All right. Phoebe. Yes. Phoebe is a mom of 422 kids. But really just seven. Really just seven. But that's but still a lot of children. It's not, it's not even. The it's seven. a basketball team. I mean, it's it more is. than a basket. You got an extra warm the bench. People, you really know how many people are on a basketball team? Six. How do you know that? I used to be a manager for a basketball team. Oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> I had no idea. Well, in common knowledge, right? Six players. No? It's not common knowledge. If like that. I, I, okay. <laughs> I well, had no idea until this well, very second how many people that's are on why I sh- You always should pick me for your trivia team because I have a lot of random knowledge. Wow. I didn't know that. Okay. Things I didn't know by Natalie Diaz. Uh, so today we're speaking to Phoebe. She has bigger than a basketball team. Very excited to say that she not only has these seven wonderful children, but she has twins and triplets in the mix. Oh, so crazy. It is. So it's wonderfully crazy. And every time, the first time I met Phoebe, and this is somebody I know in real life, and the first time I met Phoebe, she looks like she's 17 years old and she still does. I don't know if she is drinking the blood of virgins in her basement. <laughs> I don't know if she's sacrificing things. I have no idea. But Phoebe, for somebody who has seven children, she does not, she looks like a child herself. Yeah, she's got a painting in the attic of her. Oh really my God, she has to. <laughs> She has to, I say she lives in Buffalo, New York. And I think that the cold has, she's in suspended animation <laughs> because of that's the cold. got, that's gotta be what it is. Perfect. But forget about, forget about looks. Cause she's the sweetest and she's the absolute cutest. She is one of the most humble, sincere, real people I have ever met. And I think you all could probably guess I've met a few people in my life. <laughs> Just a few. Just a few. But Phoebe has this very large family and she runs it wonderfully efficiently yeah. and thoughtfully. And her goal is to make good humans. Uh, and she, and she is, is man. Best. 
when they donated all their hair, dude, I was like, I only have two kids and they don't want to do that. You got seven and you got all of them to donate, like grow, they grow. And most of them are boys and they're growing their hair, like way past their shoulders. And then they're cutting it off and they're donating it to make wigs for children with cancer. Like, like what? Oh, my favorite is when they have like charcuterie offs and they're like, right. And I'm like, I'm not even doing that with my two kids where it's like a challenge and each child gets to make their own charcuterie board. And then they have like a contest and then they all vote on whose is the best. It's like the freaking, like, what would it be like the Partridge family, the Brady Bunch? I kind of just, eight is enough. I feel like it's like a sitcom. It's like an old time sitcom where everybody's happy and like making crafts together and you're like but but they're real they're not like oh my god I hate them because they're too perfect it's like oh my god they're so freaking adorable I can't even stand it and you're not like oh my god I feel bad about myself now it's like you know what good for them good for you guys and your charcuterie boards (laughs) so here's the interesting thing though but not that there's anything not interesting about anything we were talking about but (laughs) this 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 taping that we did, like I had very specific intentions about talking about the big family, et cetera, et cetera. However, I have learned so much about Phoebe that I did not know. And there is, you know, triumph and insane challenges and heartbreak. And oh yeah. There well, cause she had the triplets and then she had twins and then two more. Am I doing the math right? You don't even know half the story. You didn't even listen to this yet. Yeah, no, I haven't. When Julie and I tape these, just so you know, we tape these before Jewel actually goes and, you know, edits and hears them herself. And so we always kind of just talk about what's happening in the little topic. But this is one of those, Jewel, that you were going to listen to it and you're going to be like, I didn't know that. Or, oh my gosh. And it's, I don't even want to do this anymore because I just want you to hear the story, like truthfully. And maybe this is going to be the next one that goes live because I can't wait for you to hear this behind, but just thinking about the time that I'm talking to her, like truthfully right now, I have goosebumps. Yeah. It, it, she's unbelievable. I'm excited to learn more about her because I just know her through you and we are friends on Facebook. So like, that's the only contact I just see there, whatever she posts about them, but the, all her kids seem really incredible. It's be, it's, there's so much more to that. And this is somebody that I really admire. And if I, and if I had to actually pick people, I would say maybe sure I could come up with, you know, 50 people of in my life that have an impact, but whenever I'm having a a rough day, there's a strength that's in Phoebe that we could all pull from. And I am positive that after you listen to this, you're going to find a little piece of Phoebe in you. And when you are having any moment of sadness or self-doubt or being a bad parent, there's a little piece of Phoebe that lives within all of us and we need to find it. And that's why you need to listen to this podcast. That's so sweet. I love that. Let's do it. Let's listen to Phoebe. All right, guys, here she is. My good friend, Phoebe. (sighs) Guys, I don't get this opportunity that often, but today we are speaking with um, Miss Phoebe, who you probably know from Friends. That's first of all, but I know Phoebe in real life. And she is somebody that the first time I met her, I was like, why is this girl in this room? She's seven years old. She wears her mother. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but once, uh, once you are with her for five minutes, you instantly fall in love. And then you find out 
she has seven children. You had a bonus child since we first met too. So you only had six when we met. So here's the wild thing about Phoebe. Number one, she looks like she's 17, still does. Can't understand that. It's probably the deal with the devil she made. Well, we might get to that. But she has triplets, she has twins, and then a few singletons just for fun. So yeah, just, you know, because she had nothing, she had some more room in her house. So she's like, how are we going to fill this up? So instead of creating a craft room, she just had more kids. Phoebe, welcome to officially, you've never done a podcast with us. I haven't. Thank you. No, thank you. You were one of our first kind of like spotlight moms at Twiniversity because I've always, I've always been madly in love with you. And not only like, you know, I still speak to like Lisa and Lauren on a daily basis. And we always talk about you. You're Mm -hmm. like our model mom of who we aspire to be doing like charcuterie competitions and having (laughs) an organized pantry. If if we, if I ever wanted to be somebody, I say, gosh, I hope to God that I'm like Phoebe when I grow up. It hasn't happened yet. Phoebs, tell us how, how this whole thing came to be. How did you become the mother Hubbard of 2021? (laughs) Well, as you said, I have seven kids and they're getting big now. They grow up so fast. I mean, you know that. Um, And we're kind of stuck at home for who knows how long. And I thought, well, I have two choices. I can crumble and die or I can make the best of it. And that's basically what we have been doing since um, the world shut down last March. So previous to that, let's fast forward 200 years to when you had your first child and when time stopped for you aging in the mirror and the person upstairs is a crumbled shred of dust while you look (laughs) as great as you do. When you first met the love of your life and you knew that you were going to want to start a family. So go back to that because that was a hot minute ago. Oh, yeah. So So funny story about that. My husband is an only child. And my husband um, also said, when we talked about having kids, I always said immediately, I want to have eight kids like my grandparents, because they're like my idols, my heroes, my everything. And my husband was like, well, I'm an only child and I want one child. And I was kind of taken aback by that. I was like, really? I'm like, I don't know, because you're pretty spoiled. And I don't know that I want to, you know, kind of go down that path with my own child. I'm like trying to undo some things from your childhood right now. And it was kind of like our big joke. So we said, well, let's just kind of see what happens. Um, so I had my first son and he was the worst baby in the entire world just awful. He had colic. He cried. I mean, and I'm not talking like one of these like colic things where they cry for two hours at night. He cried all the time. I took him to the pediatrician. I was downtown at children's hospital going, something must be wrong with my baby because he just cries all the time. And in the thick of that, we had just moved to New York. I knew absolutely nobody here. We moved out here when I was almost six months pregnant. So I knew nobody. My husband was going to school. Um, He wasn't home ever. So I'm just by myself in this little apartment. I give birth to this baby who has terrible colic. And there was like a few months after he was born, I was like, oh, I'm never, ever 
ever doing this again. I'm never, ever having another baby. I'm not going through this. This is so hard. I'm not going to survive this. Mm. And then I don't know, it was maybe around five months, like the colic peaked and then it got better. And I remember like right around 10 months old, I was like, oh, let's have another baby. I'm like, oh, this is beautiful. This is perfect. Like you forget the bad stuff or you would never do it again. I mean, all my pregnancies, I was very sick, terrible, terrible, all day, all night sickness from start Mm. to finish. I mean, you forget, you would never go through that again. If it was so, you know, if you remembered, yes, you really (laughs) remembered. And when you get back there, you're like, oh, this, you know, but I mean, I I really, for, for, there was like a a hot minute in that first, uh, um, first time mom where I thought, oh, this, maybe this will be the only child. Mm. Um, but no, it did not last long. And then I was like, okay, let's have another baby. And I got pregnant with the twins and it's kind of funny. I should backpedal. My first son was delivered by a midwife. Okay. Um, not like in, um, in my home or anything, I delivered him at children's hospital, but he was okay. delivered with a midwife. So when I got pregnant with the twins, um, I was 24 years old. So I still had my midwives and, um, I didn't have that early sonogram. Mm-hmm. That just wasn't something I didn't do any, I didn't do any of the blood testing for, you know, abnormalities or yes. anything like that, not something I was interested in. Um, and it wasn't until I was almost 19 weeks pregnant. I went for my first sonogram and I went by myself because my husband and I had this other light. Like, Um, battle going on. I didn't want to know the gender of our first child. He insisted. So he was with me at the sonogram, whatever. Um, When I was pregnant with the twins, I'm going to this first sonogram and I'm going by myself. Um, Eric had just started a new job and he had training that he absolutely could not miss. So I'm by myself in um, at the hospital getting the sonogram. And I'm like, this is perfect because I'm not going to find out the gender. Like everything's in my control. I'm only going to have one sonogram for this whole pregnancy. And I, I get in there and the lady starts scanning me. And I am such like, I'm just, I'm a joker. I'm very sarcastic. It's who I am. So I look at this woman and I'm like, under no circumstance do I want to know the gender of this baby. I'm like, unless there's more than one. And I start laughing and she's like, she's scanning me. And she's like, oh, did they think you were having twins? And I said, no, no, I'm just, you know, I'm just messing with you, you know, whatever. And so she's, she's scanning and she's like, because you've got two babies in here. And so I look at her and I start laughing because now I realize that she's like joking back with me. We've got this thing going on. Like I'm making a joke with her. She's making a joke with me. And she keeps scanning and saying stuff to me. And I'm like joking back with her. And all of a sudden, um, this woman, and I've never met her before, but I'm sure she remembers me because what happens next is very memorable. We have this moment where we're just staring at each other and she realizes I don't get it. And I realize she's not kidding. And I just start sobbing, like hysterically sobbing. I wasn't upset. I was just so excited and so overwhelmed. It's just one of those things. I never thought that I would ever have multiples. 
wasn't, I know that's funny to say now, I have two sets, but it wasn't something even on my radar. I know I had been joking with her, but, and I just cried like a baby. I never stopped crying. I found out their gender. I never stopped crying. I'm walking out of the hospital sobbing still after people are stopping me and going, are you okay? And I'm like, yes, I'm having twins and I'm so excited. It was just one of those. And even though I do go on to have triplets, there was never a bigger surprise than finding out I was having the twins. Now, how, I mean, I, it's flabbergasting, right? We've, we've interviewed many people who have multiple sets of multiples, right? Yeah. So I don't know, like, do you guys have like a secret underground society? Like, that's the first thing that I want to know. So no, not really. I think you guys need it. Yeah, when we meet each other, it's like kind of one of those funny things, you know, like, yes. oh, you have multiple multiples too. The kind of the same vibe we all get when we meet a fellow twin mom, you yes. know, like you feel like you're connected, you're part of something, but yeah, so. Oh, God, you know. I love it. So for, for you guys that are like, how the heck do they know each other? Phoebe and I, for a very long time, uh, Phoebe's still very heavily involved in the New York State Mothers of Twins organization. And if you are not familiar, every state does have um, uh, a state organization for parents of twins. I should say almost every state. Not every state is really active, to be honest with you. So it really is very state dependent. So the way that the the hierarchy kind of goes is you have your local twin club, then you have your state twin club, and then there's the national organization. Some twin clubs opt to not be in either. Some some twin clubs opt to be in both. Some like it's it's really hit or miss. I don't know why. I just know that usually dues are involved. But the New York State Organization of Mothers of Twins has always been something that it's very unique. And if you, Phoebe, have you ever been to a national conference? So I've not been to a national. I hope to go someday, but I I haven't yet. I've been I haven't missed a state convention since I started going. Oh, and then you get your five year pin and your ten year. Yeah, so I got my five year pin. It's nice. It's like a sorority, but I've never been in a sorority. I imagine what it's like, but I've been in a lot of women's organizations, and it's very much like that. It has that sense of sisterhood and community, and everybody really just wants to help everybody. And what's the best part if if you have never been to any kind of twin meetup or twin gathering, the most unique part about it is when you walk in, you know that the person next to you is your family. So even if you knew nobody, there is no awkward silence. You literally just walk up to somebody and say, how old are your twins? Or do you like, or do you have more than that? And it's such a conversation starter and so simple that like, right, Phoebe, like when you go, you don't even, there is no like, who are you? It's no, like you're it, wearing a name tag and you're like, let's dance. Like that's it, And it doesn't it. matter. And it doesn't matter if, you know, my multiples are little and your mm-hmm. multiples are the same age as me, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Like yeah. none of that matters. We all are so bonded. It's such a unique bond. And like you said, that, that support. And, and the great thing about it is like, oh, if I'm struggling with something today, or if I have a question, I can find somebody in the realm of women who has been there and who can guide me. Yes. And and that is so important. It's great. And I still, despite the fact that I am not as active, I really should be, but I always feel like, should I go to things? I don't know. And technically I don't, I belong to so many twin clubs because I just keep joining all the ones down here and I'm like, could somebody take me in? Um, But it's really, 
it's great. I've served on, you know, committees with the club. Um, and we have like a, a scholarship program, which by the way, that's going to be a few years. I'll be applying for that puppy again, but there's so many great things that the organization does. And so if I'm going to strongly encourage you that if you are not part of any kind of twins organization, while twin diversity is great, it is never the be all and end all because nothing beats sitting in a jacuzzi that probably is going to give you a waterborne illness with a coffee cup filled with um, whatever Linda makes in the the tub whatever that is so yeah exactly it's really great so it was that's how I know Phoebe and like once you it's just something that I think you guys have to do and I know that often people are like well twin diversity is trying to compete with local twin clubs we're totally not not even close because if it wasn't for those people that I could have a shoulder to cry on nothing it doesn't really matter but if you don't have a local twins club that's kind of where we want to fill in the blanks for you guys okay now you have your twins you have an older child. So now you've got your twins plus one, a pair and a spare, right? So you got this going on in your house. You and Eric are happily content. Look at your three kids. He's not devastated that it's not an only child situation. From the time that you have your twins to the time that you decide to roll the dice again, how long is it? Uh, not long. Um, the twins were born in November and by July, we were trying again. Phoebe? Seriously, I got to get you, you should have had like a Netflix account or something. We should have bought you Yahtzee or something to do to kill time. So, so, okay. So now you have your twenties a few months later, you roll the dice again. You and Eric, very clear minded. We're going to try again. Cause you have all boys, right? At this Here, time. We have, we have three boys. They're 22 months apart in age, the, the first three. And we, um, we are ready. I should add though, you know, my twins were born prematurely um, as a lot of twin mm -hmm. and multiple moms. I know you guys relate to that. And I felt with the twins, it's funny because it's totally different when I get to the triplets, but I, I really felt um, defeated with my own body. Yeah. I felt it failed me and my babies. And you, you know, there's nothing worse. You have these babies, you can't touch them. You can't hold them. You don't get to see them. They're whisked away from you and you're left there to, you know, recover from this delivery and you've got no babies. And then you leave the hospital and you don't bring a baby home. You know, you don't have a baby. You don't have one. You don't even have two. You've got nothing, you know, and it's, and it's just devastating. And for me, I don't know. I think like I went through this thing where I'm like, I need to do this again. I need to do it right. I need to, um, my body's going to redeem itself. I had this like beautiful dream that I was going to give birth to like some nice big 12 pound, 40 week singleton. That's what's going to happen next. And, and I'm, and I'm going back and we're going to make this, this is it. And I'm going to have a V back because my, my first son, was delivered by a midwife um, vaginally. I, my twins were in emergency C-section um, because my one baby was breech. Oh and um, now I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to go back. I'm going to get pregnant again. I'm going to have one baby. It's going to be 12 pounds. I'm, I'm going to do this beautiful V-back. This is great. This is exactly how it's going to go. That's it. That's going to be the next That's one. It. So twins, a singleton, your 12 pounder is right around this corner. Yes, yes, yes. But no. No, no, no. Um, so we started trying early and I will always um, say that this was a blessing because it didn't happen. I did not get pregnant and I did not get pregnant.
pregnant and I did not get pregnant and I did not get pregnant and I did not get pregnant. And we go on like this for a long time. Um, so it's been getting close to like a year of trying and I'm going, something is wrong. Like something has changed. Yeah. Did, did something happen to me during my cesarean? Um, what, what, what could have changed? Mm-hmm. And I'm young at this time and nobody wants to help me because I have three young children at home. Um, I'm, I'm young in age. I'm like 25 at this point, you know, and everybody's going, everything's fine. Nothing's wrong. Just, just give it more time. Isn't that frustrating. That's so, that's the worst. That is the worst. And I think that's, that's kind of a, a thing of infertility that people don't talk about enough because, you know, I started trying, I started trying when I was 22. Yeah. So the thing is, is like at 22, people don't care. And you're like, but wait a second you know, we're actively trying, I'm really being, you know, very vigilant about it. This is something that we very much want. But for at that time, that this was, you know, 1200 years ago, but I had to have five years of documented infertility, which means that I had to call the doctor every month to say I didn't get pregnant. So like, literally, they would check on me, it had to be like this weird, it was, I don't know, United Healthcare, they're, they're wackasaurus rexes, I don't even understand them. But that's so frustrating, because you have, you know, I had my insurance company telling me, no, 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 you're too young to be infertile. I had every gynecologist telling me, oh, you know what, go on vacation, you just need to relax, have a drink, do things. And you're like, dude, how much more I'm going to need a liver transplant for the amount of drinking and relaxing that I'm doing? What, What am I doing wrong? So it's so it's such a process and so frustrating. And uh, how did you, like, how did you and Eric deal with that? Like for the time that people were telling you, no, you're fine, go home and try again. Well, so this is kind of where I find my voice. And this is, this is a good thing because it's going to serve me well later. And I mean, we'll get to that eventually. Um, So initially I accepted being dismissed by, by doctors Mm -hmm. and, you know, logic is telling you, okay, it makes sense. I do. I have three children, including twins that were all conceived in my own bed quickly, effortlessly. Um, you know, so, so maybe, maybe I do just need more time. So I initially gave it that more time. And then Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. And I'm, I'm not, you know, um, so I, went above and scheduled an appointment at, um, our local for infertility clinic. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, my husband thinks I'm crazy at this point. And I'm, I'm, I'm at the point where I don't care. Yeah. You can go ahead and label me crazy, but I'm telling you something is wrong. I know something is wrong. You can just feel something is wrong. So we sit down with, um, the local clinic and they're even kind of giving me the like, mm. And how old are your kids at home? And they're little, little, you know, okay, well let's do like this basic, like, you know, round of testing and check everything out. And then, you know, we're going to, we're going to throw you on, um, Femera. It's like Clomid, but, but it's better because not nasty side effects. Yada, yada, yada. Um, okay. So we do this initial testing and we find the problem immediately. And for some unknown reason, my husband has almost no sperm, Hmm. almost none. So now we're kind of going, whoa, but we have three babies. And like, and so there's no way to know at this point, did something change? Hmm. Um, 
I, I, he's a research scientist. Was he exposed to something? Like, we don't know. Like, we don't know. All we know now is we have gone from, you know, conceiving children in our bed to we need IVF. That's it. There was no IUI option. There was no, there no more Femera or whatever, you know, it, it's straight up, you know, zero to 60. And, and for me, it's funny because, you know, that was a really tough time because I immediately was like, okay, how are we going to, and of course my insurance yes. is going to cover this. Yeah. Where are we going to get this money? Um, how are we going to do this? Um, how much or how, how many times are we going to try this? Whatever. My first round of IVF, I was very naive. I really thought I'm going to have IVF. I'm going to have a baby and that's going to be it. Mm-hmm. And you know what happened? It didn't work. Yeah. It did not work. Um, so now we're looking at round two and here we go. Okay. I'm still, I'm still a bit optimistic at this point. Um, it didn't work. Round three, it didn't work. Jeez, Round please. four, it didn't work. And at this point, I have this like, okay, I, I'm, I'm now at the point where, I mean, anybody listening, I mean, anybody who's been through an in vitro cycle, you know, like how much goes into that totally, um, yeah. physically yep. and mentally, you know, it's totally so. It's a roller coaster. So- it's, oh, it's, it's a awful. roller coaster because of the drugs and it's a roller coaster because of life. Plus you're raising three kids. And I've got three little kids at home. Um, and, and I've reached, I always said, okay, we're like approaching Celine Dion status because I knew she had gone through all those rounds of in vitro. And when yeah. she was doing that, I remember reading about it and being like, this lady is crazy. Yeah. And now I am this crazy lady. Um, so we've, we've done IVF for, and it's a complete uh, another complete failure. Yeah. And we're at this point where we're like, what do we do? What, where are we going? What are we doing now? Um, so we went to a local adoption agency and started kind of looking at the adoption process and went to some, you know, like initial like meetings and stuff there. At the same time, I'm, I'm saying to Eric, I said, we got to travel. I'm like, we cannot do another round of IVF at this clinic that is convenient. We have picked a clinic because it's convenient. Yes. yes. Uh, nothing else. And so many of us do that. We yes, do it because yes. when you're doing an IVF cycle, you're living at that clinic. Yep. So when you're going there a billion times a week for blood draws and sonograms and, you know, retrievals and transfers, and you want to be close because mm-hmm. it's convenient. Um, especially if you're working outside of the home, if you have children at home. But, but that's not the way to pick a doctor. And I learned that the hard way. So we started looking at the adoption process and I got in my car and drove um, a little over an hour to the next biggest city to um, a clinic there that I had done a lot of research on. And we consulted with them and their odds, because we had these four fail IVFs were not good. Um, I mean, devastating statistics for an IVF cycle that even one embryo would implant. But I said to Eric, I said, I feel like this is one of these things. Like if we don't do this, I'm always going to wonder, like, I'm always going to wonder if, if it would have worked someplace else. So we're, you know, driving the hour, two hours round trip to a new clinic. Um, we're kind of starting this adoption thing too. And we're going to do this fifth round of IVF. Yeah. 
-hmm. So we go through the process. Um, it went better than any of my other cycles had. Uh, we did retrieval. We got like 11 embryos or 11 eggs, excuse me. Yes, and yes. we get our embryos and we, we do a day three transfer. Okay. And on day three, my doctor says to me, you know, these are the three best embryos. None of them are top notch but there's three that are at the correct cell stage today. Um, and we're gonna put all three back, which I, I wanna say I had put three embryos back before with yeah. zero pregnancy. So putting three back didn't scare me. Yeah. You know, well, I, I, I'm just praying at this point, one of, one of these is gonna of take. And if it doesn't, we tried it someplace different and you know, we're, we're we're, we've got other options. This isn't the end all be all to grow our family. There's, there are other options and we're going to look at them, you know? So, um, yeah. And holy cow, when we went for that first, I had that first blood draw with the clinic Yes, and they said, these numbers are so high like so, so high. And I'm just crying because I'm like, I'm just, I'm, I'm here. I am again. I'm a crier. We already know this. Um, and I'm like, Oh, I'm so, I'm so excited. Like, and now I'm just praying. I don't want to have, I don't want to, I don't want to miscarry these babies. I want your I, I have a baby at this point. Yeah. We go for the first scan and there's three, three babies with three heartbeats, but one is measuring smaller okay. and they say, we don't know what's going to happen here. So now I'm like, I don't even know what to do. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm so I'm laying there like shaking on the table. I'm crying. And, and when we found out there were three, we were, we didn't even, like, it was fine. It was totally fine. It was great. We didn't care. All we're thinking about is this baby, the smaller one going to be okay. We went back two weeks later, we went to their maternal fetal medicine, which has better equipment than, you know, an infertility clinic. Everybody was the exact same size. Everybody had good heartbeats and that was it. We were having triplets. So it was like all like years of it's heartbreak, this loss. And oh my gosh, we're, we're having, we're having babies and we are having a lot of them. So, um, it was just such an like answered prayer. We wanted this so, so bad. And um, yeah, just such a blessing. And we knew it was gonna be a tough pregnancy because I couldn't carry twins to term. How long can I carry these triplets? Mm -hmm. And that's basically what the pregnancy became. It was like every week was uh, another breath and every mile, you know, we were just clocking and counting days. Can we get to viability? Can we get past this? Can we get past it? You know? Um, and that's kind of how the, the pregnancy went. It was a scary, scary pregnancy. Yeah. Um, so how many weeks were the twins born at? So the twins were born at 32 weeks. Okay. And, how um, and they, how, how'd you make it with the triplets though? Did you get to the, so I went on bed rest complete bed rest at 23 weeks. Okay. And I end up carrying the babies to 31 weeks, which it's, it's so funny. Cause I told you earlier when I had those twins at 32 weeks, like I was so defeated. Oh no, the triplets were born at, at 31 weeks. And I felt like the best mom in the world, my body carried these babies longer than I ever, ever thought that they would, you know, they would be, you know, I would be able to carry them. They're, they're born. They're obviously sick. They're going to the NICU, but they're viable. They're yeah. alive. I, and I, I feel good about it. So 
Did the doctor ever say that the twin that the triplets might have made it longer because the twins kind of made way for the triplets? Like, has there any been any discussion about that? Nobody said that to me. It was, I think, like everybody was just really nervous. But but I'm a very big rule follower. So when somebody, I'm not gonna be that person that's told to go on bed rest and then yes. clean my house. Like I literally laid in bed like praying I didn't with like, you know, those uh, like Ted hose on the compression mm -hmm. stockings and, you know, turning myself and, and praying I didn't get any kind of blood clots or anything. And I was just gonna lay there and bake those babies. And yeah. that's what we did. Um, what kind of help did you have? Because now you have, you're, you're literally staying on your back, right? And so you're, you're there and chilling out. Who was helping take care of the, your tiny army that was downstairs? So it's worth noting that um, we have no family in state. We have no one here. It is, it's just us, even to this day still, it's just us. So my husband is a research scientist and his um, boss is um, incredible. And so what he did was he let Eric work at night so Eric, poor Eric, he's like, he's taking care of the three little ones during the day and he's working at night and he's taking care of me too. And occasionally our family would travel in from Michigan and maybe stay for a week. And when they were there during that time, Eric would work normal hours. But for the most part, it was still just the five of us. And yeah. Eric was juggling. I mean, he took over everything. He had to do all the housework, all the cooking, the cleaning. The kids were in preschool at the time. So he's shuffling that. And, you know, my twins were in a co-op preschool. So he's the dad in the classroom doing the ball. I mean, he, I, he really, he had to take everything over. And funny about that, I still haven't taken the laundry back. I mean, my triplets are going to be nine in February and I still haven't taken the laundry okay. back. Just don't, you don't need to. I don't need to. I don't need to. He's got a system now. And I'm just like, oh yes, you do you. I love that. He's such a great dad. He's always so active with you guys. Like when you post stuff, I love that he's always there. I think that it definitely takes a very specific type of guy to, to pitch in. But see, I say that in one breath, but on the next breath, I say that I bet you a lot of guys would step up to the plate if they had to. Often they don't have so. to. I, I think yeah. so. And I think, you know, there's a lot of really great dads out there. And I, I it's so funny because, you know, as society kind of changes and we shift and you see more of that, more of that hands-on. But I've got to tell you, I, I grew up that way watching my grandparents had eight kids and my granddad has, you know, he was always hands-on even yeah. way back. I mean, he's, my granddad's 93 now and my granny's 91 and granddad, even way back when he had his kids was giving baths and helping in the kitchen, which wasn't common, Yes, you know, during that time, but that's kind of my example. And that's what I expected. In yeah. My that's husband. your expectation and, of yes. Excellent. That's who I married, you know. So that's some training, Phoebe's, to have somebody who was a single child who never oh, yeah, basically had to do anything other than for themselves. Yes. That's a lot. God bless you, man. That was an undertaking. Okay, hold on. So it's it's worth noting that you then have three boys. So it's so funny too because I'm I'm it's time I'm going to deliver these babies, right? It's 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 time they're coming. And I, I have to tell you guys, because I told you earlier, I caved with the twins when I found out they were twins. I did not find out the gender of the triplets. Really? No, I did not. <sighs> oh, 
So and that's a million way, ultrasounds. There's a lot of opportunities oh, to see yeah. what's going on. And, and we had a baby that had complications too. Um, and we knew one of my, my babies in utero had a bad kidney. So we're like, okay, which one's the, how are we going to know? And I'm, you know, but we don't, we don't know the gender. So we have no idea what is even going to happen here. And we're in the OR and they start pulling the babies. And, and it's fast. It's real fast because, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. there's a billion people. The OR isn't even big enough. When the first baby was born, they took it to a side room. I mean, it was crazy. Um, they're pulling these babies and they're like, baby A, it's a boy. Baby B, it's a boy. Baby C, it's a boy. And I am like, oh my gosh. And, you know, you're kind of laying there strapped down like <laughs> Jesus. And I look up at the anesthesiologist and I was like, I have six sons. I have six sons. Like I couldn't even believe it. It was so surprising. Um, so it was really, really exciting. So now here I am, I am a mom of six boys, just like that. Phoebe, that's a lot of babies. Okay. So now I, I have total Phoebe envy, by the way. So, uh, Phoebe, I don't know if you know, and I don't know if our listeners know, I really wanted six. That was the number that I wanted. I wanted a huge family. I know I have no space, but my grandmother, my grandmother was one of 10. And then it kind of dwindled down from there. And I always remember like at holidays, how great it was to have the insanity of everybody there. And for some reason, my grandmother only had four slacker and uh, three out of her four never had children. So my mom was the only one that had kids out of her siblings. And it really was frustrating to me because I watched the other members, my aunts, my great aunts and uncles have these massive families. And here we were like, you know, we're, we're only 17 at Christmas. Who, who wants that? That's boring. So it, I, I really said, this is going to be it. Like I want, I want a huge amount of children. So yeah, we ended up doing IVF and had the two. And then after my IVF, I was actually told I couldn't have more kids. They said, you got to close up shop because of my blood clotting disorder. This put me at very high risk of, you know, post uh, fetal, like for me, I probably like, I'm really lucky to be alive. I say it a lot. And I don't think a lot of people know that, but genuinely I could remember being like, I did not name my own children because I never thought I was going to meet them. I was, I was dying. I was literally in, you know, in another room and I credit my OB greatly. And by the way, I had never met her before. She was the OB that was on call, had no idea who this chick was. Dr. Anna uh, Barbieri, shout out to you. I now follow her on Instagram. It's very exciting. Um, But, you know, things don't go the way that you anticipate them going. And so sometimes a simple surprise is finding that you you have to stop having your family. And yes, we could have adopted and done that. But after the medical medical complications of the twins, it was too much to, to handle. It was too much for them. And I could barely, you know, keep my own head above water. But now that you have six sons, okay, you're there. What's the day look like? I could, this podcast, by the way, could go on for 72 hours because there are so many things that I want to ask you that I don't get to ask you in a setting when it's like, when we go to the, the clubs meetings and stuff, it's a, it is a little bit more structured or it's totally wild. There is no like Phoebes, let's, let's BS yeah. and let's talk about things. Like, I want to know when you were, when you came home from the hospital, you have three still in the NICU, you have three in the house. You're, you're going back and forth, but once everybody gets home and it's you and it's Eric against the universe, 
what happens then? What's the, what's the, the, the day like, was it really like, okay, let's do one, two, three, four, five. Like, how was it? We, to this day, live, breathe, thrive on schedule. Mm -hmm. I, I always called it organized chaos because, um, it, it was, there was no other way as I, you know, said, it's just us. We don't have family in town. I don't have anybody stopping by to help with the meeting. I don't have grandma in state. I don't, I've got, it's just us. So and nobody the, ever, no church, no neighbor, nobody was there with a handout for you. You literally did this every feeding, every diaper change. Nobody ever visited you. Phoebe, please. Visit I'm so sad day. right now that I didn't well, know you. Would, yeah, people would visit and stop over or whatever, but I mean, nobody was like, okay, I'm coming to do this feed with you or okay. I'm, you know, it wasn't like that. Um, and I'm, I'm also not that kind of, I, I hate asking for help. Like if I have to ask you for help, you know, it's dire because I am a very independent, um, I'm going to make this work. It's how, it's just who I am. And I'm, you know, and that's what we did with with the babies. But again, you know, after my oldest had that terrible colic, everybody else seems amazing compared to him. And these That's babies, so I say, as I have these babies, they just keep getting better and better. And Eric and I are like, maybe it's because we're getting better. Like we know what yeah. we're doing now, yes. you know, but it just, and we just scheduled and we had everything or, you know, just mapped out and we just went with it. And yeah. I mean, it was, it was fine. It was, I mean, it was, wild because you know I my oldest was five when the triplets were born so yeah. I've got you know six five and under mm -hmm. and um yeah I mean well like what were some of the hacks that you started to implement like when you talk about like you know you still to this day run by a schedule I mean I even know that looking at your pantry shelves that like everything <laughs> is very 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 organized if there was a new mom who now found out that she's having three after already having three, let's just say hypothetically, that there was another you out there. What's the one thing that, and forget about, let's not even talk about the seventh for a second. This is literally just all boys in the house at this time. What's the one thing that you would say, okay, listen, you have to make sure that you do this. Like I'm alone doing these, these feedings and changing diapers. What is something that you did that you're like, why didn't anybody tell me about this? I, for me, like the best thing I can do, it's just like, it's, it's funny. Cause if you look at the situation on paper, it's so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got, I'm 27 years old. I've got six little kids. Um, my husband's at work. I'm, I'm by myself and I've got to juggle this. And I could have looked at it and said, I can't mm -hmm. like, I, there's no way this isn't humanly possible. But I, I just, everything is attitude. And, and instead of that, I'm like, okay, I, I'm, I'm by myself all day for the rest of my life or whatever it's going to be. You know, I've got these little kids, so I'm going to do it and I'm going to make mistakes and I'm going to learn from them. And when I make mistakes, I'm going to do better tomorrow. And, and it was just, I'm a very competitive person too. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, let's see what I can get done today. You know, <laughs> let's, let's, let's roll with this. So, I mean, really just have such a great attitude and go into it. Don't go into it defeated because when you go into it defeated, you will be defeated. And I mean, also it's, it's also looking at the other kids. What can I do to make them more independent too? 
Um, and I still roll like that. Like, you know, you talk about my pantry, but that allows my kids, seven kids can pack their own lunches. And that's just one last thing I have to do. And it makes them more independent and more mm -hmm. responsible. So even, you know, the twins were three, my oldest was five. It's like, okay, what can you do for yourself? You're in charge of this. I'm going to be in charge of this. And, and we just rolled with it and we tweaked it along the way. And it's just, um, yeah. it worked. Oh, Phoebe. So now when do you decide that that's not enough? I remember so, you saying, like, I remember when you announced um, your, your last pregnancy, not necessarily your last, I'm always waiting to see what happens next year. Uh, but I remember when that happened. And I remember that all of us were like, she's literally crazy. She literally <laughs> lost her mind. But at the same time, if we knew that anybody could handle it, you knew it was you. So it's, it's fascinating because under normal circumstances, if I heard that somebody had six kids and was going for a seventh, I would literally say, okay, there's, there's a problem. It's like a, you're turning into the crazy cat lady with kids. Yeah. This is, this is what's happening. You're, she's having another one. Oh my God, what's going to happen. But you knew it like for, for those of you who really know you, it's going back to that. There's, there's just something to you that I know I have so much confidence and look, Phoebe's really, when was the last time we saw each other? It's been years, years. but you have this type of personality that I, I feel like I saw you yesterday. And I don't like, it's just, we just picked up where you went. Like you, there's something about you that makes you so unique and so capable of doing this. So at the same breath that we were like, she's absolutely nuts. You were like, good for her. Like I was really excited for you. So when did you decide, okay, it's not enough chaos. We need a little bit more chaos. Why didn't you just get a dog? Like, that's what I'm, I'm curious about. Okay. So kind of a story that maybe not a lot of people know, we, we don't really decide to have another baby because um, we go back to the triplets delivery and I had a very, you know, not the same situation as you, but I almost died delivering the triplets. Mm -hmm. The babies were born, they were out, everything was okay. And then all of a sudden it was not. Yeah. Um, they, it was, I, I, like vividly remember and, and thinking I was, I was going to die. Um, I started to hemorrhage mm -hmm. after the babies were born and I didn't know my doctor either. It was the, the laborist who was on call at children's hospital that day. So this is a woman I've never met. And she came around and said, you're bleeding really bad. I'm going to put a Bacri balloon inside of your uterus. Mm -hmm. Yes. And we're going to try and save it, you know? And at this point I'm going, oh my God, am I dying? They got on the, the phone. They caged all available doctors to come to the OR. I mean, it's scary. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm scared. And um, we're, we're really scared. And I come out of the OR. I don't get to go to postpartum. I go right back to labor and delivery. I've got this balloon inside my uterus. Mm -hmm. I've lost a ton of yes. blood. Yes. Um, so... My hemoglobin was just under four. Mm. Now I'm being transfused and, and it's, it's scary. Like I was so sick. I remember them wheeling my house. Hold on, Phoebe. So I want to give them perspective. If you're under yeah. seven, they'll, re they'll immediately require you um, to have a transfusion. If you're under 11, 
that is high alert, we need to pay attention to this. So if Phoebe's at four, because I don't think that people know, you know, what are the numbers? What do these mean? Like understand that under seven, it turns a little bit into emergency 911. And that's a time when they're calling for blood. Okay. So that, yeah. So at four, you, you barely have enough blood and people are like, what's the big deal? If you don't have enough that pumps through your heart, nothing's going to your, the oxygen can't get to your brain. Like it's literally one step after another. So, okay. So going back, cause I want people to realize that this isn't just like some BS, like, oh my God, what a shame. Like it was, you know, we're, we're calling in everybody. Sorry. It, it's dire. It's, it's dire at this point. Um, they do get the bleeding to stop with the balloon. They wheeled my hospital bed into the NICU so I could see my babies, which I thought was the best thing they could have done for that me. Is. There was no way I could get in a wheelchair. Yeah. You know, I was so, so sick. So I saw the babies that night. I did get to see them from my hospital bed. And mm -hmm. there's pictures of me just like, you know, reaching out with my hands and, and I'm super duper sick. Um, so I go back to labor and delivery and now it's a weight gain. Is the, is this balloon in my uterus yes. going to cause the bleeding to stop? Or am I going back to the OR and I'm going to yeah. lose my uterus? Um, so I, you know, I get my transfusions. Yeah. I, and then I'm still not well. I do another day of trans. I mean, it was a mess. I, I, I'm obviously okay. I, yes, I end up. God. Okay. That's, that's I'm, what I say all the time, I'm no fine. matter how okay. much the poop hits the fan it, it, to yeah. be sitting here. It's an honor. So, but going through all of that, you know, how did, how did we do this again? How did we get here again? Well, and how did that pregnancy go without the fear of everything that the baggage that you were carrying? So my uterus at this point from that back balloon is filled with scar tissue. And I'm diagnosed with what's called Asherman syndrome, okay. which is basically, if you looked at my uterus, it's divided. There's big bands of scar tissue. Um, and, and it looks like it's in pieces. I cannot carry a baby with a uterus like this. Um, my doctor says to me, well, we know you can't get pregnant. You know, you went through all this IVF. So you don't really need to do any surgery to remove that scar tissue. Yeah. You're just, you're done having kids. So it is, it's fine. Yes, it is no. what it is. Yes. So, and that's what we did. And then I got pregnant and, um, it was terrifying because I know I can't carry this baby. Mm -hmm. I, my uterus is filled with scar tissue and, um, I know the ending is, is not a good one. And this is, this is such a mind trip too, because you think you can't get pregnant. Mm -hmm. Now you are pregnant and I know I can't carry this baby. And this again is of course a spontaneous pregnancy. Um, and I, I did not carry the baby. I had to have a DNC and, um, I had a miscarriage and now, um, this, this beautiful family I have is, is now not complete. It's, it's, I can't explain it, mm -hmm. but now everything's changed. So I'm saying to my doctor, what do we do? And I had this DNC now and, um, which usually causes more scar tissue mm -hmm. in your uterus. But I went through testing after the DNC and he said, he turned to me and he said, I've never seen this before, but it's gone. Like those big bands that were dividing, he said, I, it must've broken up when we did the DNC and, wow. and it's, and it's gone. And I, and we're going, oh my gosh, well, you have to recheck Eric's sperm because mm -hmm. how did I get pregnant? Did it yes. all 
come back? Like what happened? And they rechecked it. It was still terrible. And they were like, well, you know, clearly you had, you know, your singleton and your twins mm -hmm. spontaneously. So there's good in there sometimes or yeah. some, you know, um, so now we're kind of like, well, what do we do now? Like, what do we do now? Because now our completed family doesn't feel so complete. Mm -hmm. And we're like, do we want to go back through infertility? Oh my gosh, no, we really don't. So at this point we said, well, let's just see what happens and we'll try on our own for a little bit and, you know, hope for the best. And I, three months later, I was pregnant again. Oh my God. That so, is so crazy. It was wild. And it was, I mean, so, you know, for after the triplets and everything that happened with them, we really were done. And then we had this miscarriage and now we're not done. And now I'm pregnant again. And now it's okay. Now it's scary because yeah. we're back to. Yes. Back to square one. Yeah. So <sighs> it's just one baby. We, we went for the sonogram and it's just one baby. We know mm -hmm. that. Um, and now we're, we're waiting cause we've just come off this miscarriage. Like it yeah. had just been a few months since my, my DNC and we waited, oh gosh, it was probably 15 weeks before we told anybody. Yeah. And now we're kind of back to what you said. Cause we're like, how do we tell people this? Everybody's going to think we're crazy. Like they're gonna think we're crazy, like really, really crazy. So we were, I, it's funny because like, it was so, we were so nervous to tell people. And I'm like, we're just going to deliver it. Like, guess what? We're having a baby. You know, we're just going to be, I don't know. Uh, so Phoebe, so how do you tell everybody that there's a, a seventh baby? And so we're just kind of like slowly working our way through it. And we're yeah. just like, okay, we're going to, we're going to start with our parents. Then we're going to tell our grandparents. And I'll never forget when I called my grandparents, my granddad was like, what do you mean? There's just one baby. I'm like, there's only one granddad. He's what like, what a no, disappointment. He's like, they're supposed to be four. Cause you went one, two, True. three. And I'm like, well, I know it's just, there's just one. Are they sure? They're sure. They're, you know, it was so funny, but it was like warmly received. And again, we decide we're not going to find out the gender of the baby. We do a big 50, 50 baby pool. We donate money back to the NICU. Uh, I mean, just, it was a, it was a fun, it was a fun pregnancy, but it was scary. We were scared. I only have one baby inside me, but I have just as many appointments as I did with the triplets of course. and the twins yeah. because it's, yeah, it's there's a lot more on the, there's a lot more at stake. So much has changed. Of course. Yeah. Now, Phoebe, when you did, so did you not find out the gender? So we don't find out the gender. Okay. Um, it's we're now my doctors are kind of like, we need to deliver this baby before she goes into labor, because if I go into labor, it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. um, and, but we don't want to, we don't want to make her have another premature baby. So it yeah. was like a weight gain. When yes. do we take this baby? What do we do? When do we schedule this? What, ha you know what yeah. I mean? And I'm anxious because I'm like, I was so afraid I was going to go into labor. Yeah. I had the twins at 32 weeks, the triplets at 31. And I have to tell you, my, my, my big full-term singleton was only a 37 weeker. So my body is 
probably. And you're not, you're not a very tall woman. You're not a a big, you are super sweet pocket size, fun size is what I call you. Uh, Yeah. So it's, it's amazing that you even got as far as you did with the multiple pregnancies. Oh yeah. What was the doctors were not going past this point? 36 weeks, 36. So 36 weeks, you go to the hospital. Do they induce you? Is it old school? So So you're doing a C-section. We're doing another C-section. This okay. is number three. Um, they ordered blood. They brought extra surgeons into the OR. They delivered me in the main operating room, not in labor and delivery. Like okay. it, they were scared too. Um, and they, I mean, she was born and she, it was a girl and we were shocked. I didn't even have a girl name picked out nothing because I knew I was delivering my seventh son, but that didn't go as, you know, (laughs) um, the operating room went crazy when the baby was born. I mean, just everybody was going nuts. It was just ridiculous. Um, and I was okay. I had no issues. Uh, but my doctor's on the other side of the curtain, you know, and I can hear her going, Oh, Oh, and I'm like, Oh my God, am I bleeding out? Am I dying? You know? And she's like, no, but she said, I, the amount of scar tissue in here, she said, I cannot believe. So it was lining my uterus. You couldn't see it on scan. And she just, she, she, I mean, this is really morbid, but she said she was like trying to like scrape it. She's like, it's just awful. And she was like, I'm laying there. And she's like, I cannot believe we got through this pregnancy safe. She's like, you can never, ever do this again. Never. You are, you are lucky to be alive twice now. Yeah. And we cannot, cannot ever, ever, ever do this again. Yeah. So did, did they, did you do, uh, did they tie your tubes? Okay. Did, like so, what? So when they're in there, you're like, Hey, yeah, so, so I'm laying there taking this all in, you know, and it's like, I like got a lot yeah. going on right now. And I still can't do it. I don't know what my problem is. I'm now 30 30 years old and I'm like, I can't, I can't. And like my doctor's on the other side and, and my husband's like, just leave her alone. It's okay. I'll go. She's fine. Just leave her be. She's okay. It's okay. You know, I'm like, well, thank you. Cause I, I just can't make any more decisions right now. You know? That's a lot. I knew, I mean, I've, I've always loved you. I knew I loved you, but now hearing the whole story of how we got here, because I like to be involved in it. uh, It's, it's honestly really amazing. And this is like just the tip of the iceberg with you. I mean, to, to be honest with you, you know, that this wasn't what this podcast was supposed to be about, right? You know, we were supposed (laughs) to talk about organization and stuff like that. But I think that there's, there's hope in your story, especially at times when people are like, we can't afford help and I don't have family here. Like you were the success story that when pregnancies don't go the way that you need them to, when fertility doesn't go the way you need it to, when you are doing this solo, when you have a partner that initially you have high expectations, but will they kind of, you know, show up when they need to show up? Like there's so many parts to this, this story that I think are critical and not just the, let's talk about your pantry design, you know, but like speaking, speaking to you, There's just something, Phoebes. And one of the things that I've been most impressed with by you was that I remember seeing pictures of all of your kids and their hair was so long. I'm like, what? 
the heck is she doing? Have they gone feral in upstate New York? So I kept watching this and I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. I was like, maybe this is a little hippy dippy for Phoebe. So I was like, I didn't take her for that. And then, so I just watched their hair grow and watched their hair grow and it was so cute. And then I remember you posted like it irritated you when people think that your sons are daughters and they were giving you crap about them. And then I remember maybe it was around Easter. Like, was it around springtime, the shearing that, yeah. that occurred? But I remember that there was this post and you were like, we did it. Today was the day and everybody got their hair cut and you donated all of their hair. Yes. And this is the type of person that you are. These are the type of kids that you're raising. And I have never been so proud to have a friend in my arsenal of people that has you continuously, you really do, you shock me so much more often than anybody I have ever known. And every time when I think that parenthood, that there can't be a better example of motherhood, not that I'm, I'm saying that you know, I, I need you to live in the shoes that I'm creating for you, but you really are Phoebes. You're something else. And you were made to do this. If there was anybody that was supposed to be a mother in their life to a giant herd of children, it's you. <laughs> and I am, I'm, I'm, if you think about like the way that life works, I'm so happy that our paths have crossed for the times that they did. And that when I'm having a, a hard day and there's very few people that I think about, but when I'm having a hard day, it's kind of like, what would Phoebe do? I just got two and I got, I got to figure this out. And it's, it puts life into perspective. You, you keep me in check without even knowing that you're keeping me in check. So I love that you shared your story today. And I would love if you would eventually come back and we could talk about whatever we were supposed to talk about today, but I think people need to know you. And this is, this is a little, a teeny tiny little glimpse into who you are and how you kind of came to be. And truthfully, how, I can't even tell you the countless podcasts that I've taped where a kid has interrupted. Not that that's a bad thing, oh. <laughs> but we've been on for an hour and nobody's bothered you. Nobody's knocked on a door, nothing. No, hopefully they're all doing their schoolwork and um, yeah, but everybody's very respectful and we're very aware of each other's space, especially with the pandemic and yeah. all the remote learning so oh my god phoebs i love you thank you so much for playing with me today anytime anytime it's so good to see you oh same here all right guys listen if you have questions for phoebe or i you can email us at community at twiniversity.com don't forget to subscribe to this podcast all the obligatory things that i have to say insert here i'm just still totally in awe of, of phoebe and i can't even gather my thoughts because it's it's a lot and she's handled it better than I, I could. So, yeah. So I, I think that this was really, really great, but yeah, you could follow Phoebes on um, social platforms too. If she lets us, we'll put the links below in the show notes. So you could see really, you're going to be really impressed. The charcuterie competition, I think was definitely my all-time favorite thing that, and it was whatever. And there was a time that you, were you guys vegetarian for a minute? We are vegetarian. You are vegetarian. So it was the cheese platter. Yes, that was it. So it's, it's really fantastic, but I guess the vegetarians got to save some bucks too with the, but you'd have to buy a cow. You'd literally have to start having your own. We do a farm share uh, with one of our local farms in the, when they're in season. We eat so, they eat so much. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I could imagine. I don't know even how many refrigerators you must have for that. (laughs) Three full-size refrigerators. God bless you guys. <laughs> oh, 
All right, guys, I know you got to go back to your real lives, but thank you so much for listening. Follow us at Twiniversity on all social platforms. And until next time, guys, I'll see you later, alligators. Thank you. Way hey, it's me. Guys, listen, one of the things that always happens in Twiniversity is I teach these classes, right? Like I teach live classes. And then at the end of class, we're all like super sad because it kind of ends. And it is. It's kind of heartbreaking because I fall in love with you guys, especially those of you who took our live class. So after all of these years, I have finally listened. You will be happy to know. So we have created Twiniversity memberships to kind of keep that conversation going. There are two different membership levels. One is the meetup level, which includes a Zoom meetup with other twin families from around the universe. Yes, literal universe. If you are from another planet, as long as you have twins, you are totally welcome to be part of our squad. It is hosted by a social worker, which is great because not only does she have the twin experience to, you know, speak about and, you know, pull from her own life experience, but she also has kind of that clinical experience to to really help us solve our problems. The meetup level also includes access to our private Facebook group, which is currently thriving. You will love it. It's it's a literal group. You could ask questions 24 hours a day. Members will answer you back. The squad will answer you back from the Twiniversity team. So you got that. Then we have a whole separate other membership level for people who are like, I like a more formalized education. And that's called the Learner Library. The Learner Library is filled with video seminars that are added each month that cover all different stages of parenting. Everything from infant twins to issues with your marriage, we cover, we're, we're not leaving anything off the table, honestly. If you guys know me, you know that I am big on the TMI and we just rip off band-aids and we talk about things. That's the kind of stuff that we're going to include in the Learner Library. All the stuff in the Learner Library, like if you sign up for that, you also get access to the meetup level as well. So it's kind of having the best of both worlds, the formal education and kind of that socialization. And you can sign up month by month if you want to give it a try. We encourage you to give it a try. Try it for one month, see how you like it. And if you like it, then go ahead and sign up for the whole year because it's a pretty good discount. For more information, head on over to twiniversity.com slash membership, and I will see you guys over there.